I feel like the Holy Spirit uh, knew that tonight was going to be what it has been. Um, that this was a night where people's, uh, the things that you've been wrestling with, whether it's, it's fear, worry, anxiety, pornography, uh, whatever it is, that that's going to uh, break off of your life. Um, he knew that that's what was going to happen tonight. And so I, it's not by mistake that this message kind of came to my mind or arose up in my spirit because when you break a chain off of you, the enemy is incredibly ticked off that that's happened. And it wants to regain its place. In one place in particular in the Bible, it talks about how when one demon leaves, it comes back with seven others. So it's almost like uh, it, you, you've made hell so upset, it's going to come back faster and stronger. But the cool thing is, is that when you know how to war, that chain can never find a place back on your life, whether he comes back with seven or 47, whether he comes back with 107 demons, 707 demons. It doesn't matter when you know how to war. And that's what I want to talk with you about because when something is on your life that you know is not of God, and I gave you a, a list of examples, fear, worry, anxiety, all those things. You got to be able to fight back. And, and because this isn't on my notes, I want to just say it right now before I forget about it. Anytime the, uh, that that chain wants to get back on you, the first thing it's got to do is to come to your mind. It, that is the gate that the enemy has to cross through in order to get into your world. Your mind is the gate. If it can get past the gate, then he can mess with your world. But he's got to get past the gate. Everybody say the gate. The gate is your mind. And that's why in 2 Corinthians chapter, 5, chapter 10, verse 5, it says this. Cast down imaginations. So your battle is being defined in the Bible as imaginations. So it's the first thing that has to happen. So let me give you an example. If you're addicted to something, before you ever act out on that addiction, you start thinking about it first. Before you get angry and your emotions begin to swell up, you got to think about it first. Before you do anything, you got to think about it first. Before you get to, you got to think about it first. It's always the thought. So the minute that thought comes in your mind, the way you war, the way you get it out, is you drench it with praise. Amen. And this is how you do it. You say, well, so let me, just, let me just think of something. Let's say you're really angry with your father. Uh, or your your wife, or your your mother-in-law, or whatever. The minute that thought comes to my mind, to your mind, rather than cooking it, That's it, 
You say, thank you, God, that you're taking this away from me. And and you put thank you before every single sentence. Now, what's the difference between putting thank you before a sentence versus not putting thank you before a sentence? Putting thank you before a sentence makes it a statement of faith versus a statement that is a request. It's okay to make requests to God. In fact, the Bible says to make requests to God. But listen to the difference. Dear God, help me to not be angry towards my wife. Versus, thank you, Lord, that anger has no place in my life. Do you see the difference there? And you keep saying that over and over again, and I promise you, you resist the devil and he'll flee. You just say, thank you. And the enemy will learn that every time he comes to you with that, you're going to start worshiping. So he's not, he's going to come at you as something else, but he's going to give that one up. And I don't know about you. I'll take another battle. Just don't give me the same one I've been fighting for the last six months. Are you with me? All right. So here we go. The first thing that comes to your mind, whether it's addiction, let's say it's pornography. Thank you, Lord, that you've delivered me for that. Thank you, God, that I don't want anything to do with that. Now, the truth is, is that you want to go look on the computer, but you keep saying, thank you, Lord, that I don't want to go to the computer. Do you see how you just speak things as if they were, though they may not be? You keep saying that over and over again. What are you doing? You are warring in the spirit. You have to learn to war. Say that out loud. I have to learn to war. Say that again. I have to learn to war. You have to. You you have to. This is why. In Judges chapter 3, verse 1, it reads like this. These are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had not experienced the wars of Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. Isn't that so good? Think about this. Moses has one million Israelites that were slaves. They're freed. He takes all these slaves into the wilderness, a million of them, and they're looking for the land that God has promised. But because they were so rebellious... They all died. The whole generation died and their kids grew up. And Joshua became their leader. And he looks at them and he goes, okay, this is not a rebellious generation. And so God is going to allow us to go to this land that he's promised us. But the problem is, is that your mother and father, they were rebellious, but they knew how to war. You guys are born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You don't know how to war. And if you don't know how to war, then you are not strong in the spirit. And the Bible says this very clearly. This generation, your heart is pure. Your father's generation was rebellious. But your heart is pure. But you have to know how to fight. You have to know how to fight. You have to to know how to fight. The life that we live, this world, 
It is one battle after the next, one battle after the next, one battle after the next, one battle after the next. It's a financial struggle. It's a physical struggle. It's a health struggle. It's a worry struggle. It's an anger struggle. It's one battle after the next, and you have to know how to fight because you're in a battle. So you either learn how to fight or you just continue to get your tail kicked. But either way, there's a battle going on. All right, I got about three of us on that one. I'm going to take it easy on you, though, because I know you've, you've worked hard and it's been a long night for a long day for you. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do I'll amen myself. Here we go. In Ephesians chapter six, verse 11, it says this. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Do you know what that is basically saying? It's, this is the Frankie International Version. Put on the armor because you are in a battle. That's right. You are in a battle. And so what just happened when you came down here is every single chain that was on you, it was broken off you. Now, when you walk out those doors, the key is it's going to stay off of me as well. It's going to stay off of me. So if you have had a, a chain of worry and concern on your life, you come down and you raise your hand, you walk back, that is off of you. Now, do you think that every demon of worry and concern and these spirits are just going to stay away from you from now on? Heck no. They're annoying. They're like mosquitoes. They're there every single day. So you wake up and you got to know how to fight back. You got to know how to fight back. And this is what I'd like for you to consider. Number one, remember this with every battle comes a blessing. With every battle comes a blessing. Hell would not be fighting you if there were not something in store for you. There would not be a battle. Some of you have been through hell sideways. I don't know who you are, but does anyone want to say you're talking to me? <laughs> All right, thank you. Let me see who you are. Let me see who you are. I've been through hell. Side of, how many of us, we've been through hell so many times we know our way around. Do <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just like, my goodness. But here's the thing. Hell would not be fighting you if there were not something about you that makes hell afraid. There's something about you that makes hell nervous. There's something about you that if you ever get dialed in, if you ever get your rhythm, here's the thing, when, when Isaiah was talking, he's, he's driving down the road today, and all of a sudden he starts crying. You know the first thing I thought, I was standing on the front row, and this is exactly what I thought, Isaiah. My first thought, I thought this, and that's how it happens. Because a, a move of God that's, that's mighty and powerful, a, a preacher, a, a person can't make it happen. It's just like, boom! Yes. It's just, and I was standing there, and, I went, and that's how it happens, just like that. It just, for, for every person in this room, that you love God, 
You're longing for God. But it just doesn't feel personal. I want to let you know that hell is doing everything it can to get you to stop pursuing him. Get you to stop. Because he knows that if you keep this up, I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. You might be just driving down the road one day and all of a sudden today is the day. It's the day that hell has been fearing. It's the moment that hell has been afraid of where you catch a rhythm, where, where you get your, 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 your senses. It's, it's like all of a sudden you no longer wonder, is that God or is that me? All of a sudden it's like... It's just crystallized. It's clarified. It's, you understand it's not something that anybody can teach you. It's just, I've preached a billion services. Uh, I've preached 500 services with Isaiah in the crowd. He's never cried once. So, man, what a jerk. He gets in his truck. The Holy Spirit causes a manifest moment. See, there's... When, when God creates a manifest moment, he says, I'm going to allow you to feel me right now. You have been so steady. You have been so consistent. And, and hell is trying to keep you. It's trying to distract you. From what? There's a blessing. You don't know. He does not know what it is. But he can tell. There's something special about you. There's something amazing about you. You've got that twinkle in your eye. You've got that grit in your teeth. See, some of you are fighters. Some of you are worshipers. Hell is afraid of you. It just has that look. I remember when my dad, he told me, he goes, anytime, this was when I was in high school. He goes, anytime you get ready to fight somebody, look in their eye and you'll decide if you want that fight or not. I'll never forget that. You look at them right in the eye and you'll be able to tell if you want that fight or not. You can just look in someone's eye and tell. And I'm just telling you that when Satan looks into your eye, he can tell something is special about you and hell has got to slow you down because in every battle, there is a blessing in store. Let me say this. Number two, Put on the helmet of salvation. Do not let your mind think of those thoughts. And most of the time they come at night. I don't know why they do. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know why. I actually found a scripture that talked about the evening hours, but I forgot where it was and now I can't find it. How's that for honesty? But... <laughs> But I, I don't think it's, 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 it's by mistake that Peter was this champion of faith and it was at night that he blew it three times in a row. There's something about the night hours. So don't let those thoughts come into your mind. When that thought comes, listen to this. 
When that thought comes, it's Satan knocking on the door. And if you keep thinking that thought, he's coming in. I think it's in Philippians where it says, when a thought is fully manifested, it gives birth to sin. And sin gives birth to death. It all starts with the thought. When you war, when you fight, watch for the thought.